We presently have two independent ways of describing how the universe works that are each extremely successful, but fundamentally incompatible. General relativity describes gravitation, and it's a geometric theory relating the curvature of space and time to the motion and presence of matter and energy. Quantum field theory describes electromagnetism and the nuclear forces, and is based on the exchange and interaction of fundamental particles. But there are questions that simply can't be answered with these two incompatible frameworks. For that, we need a quantum theory of gravity. How close are we to getting there? Find out on this edition of the Starts With a Bang podcast. I want you to think about how weird the quantum universe is and the most extreme systems you can imagine. Imagine, for example, you've got a big, big screen with two tiny slits in it very close together. And what you do is you fire a set of particles or waves at it. Well, when you do this enough times, when you send enough particles through or enough waves through, you see that big interference pattern showing up on the other side. What's really odd about this is if you fire even one photon or one electron at a time through it, and you measure where do these photons or where do these electrons wind up, each individual one will wind up in a location consistent with that interference pattern. Somehow, individual particles are interfering with themselves. We know this must be true from both quantum mechanical theory and from the observations and experiments that we perform. So that leads to a question. What happens to the gravitational field of an electron when it passes through a double slit? Does it pass through one slit or the other slit or a superposition of both slits? Without a quantum theory of gravity, we simply don't know. We can also ask questions about black holes. We know how black holes form and how they grow. And what we learn is that any material that falls in through the event horizon of a black hole can't have that information or that entropy be lost completely. It must be encoded on the surface of a black hole. But the thing is, when a black hole decays over time, all it becomes is thermal radiation. What is it that happens to the information of the particles that went into forming a black hole if the eventual state is thermal radiation? Without a quantum theory of gravity, we won't know. And finally, what happens inside a black hole where matter is the densest? We know that everything inside the event horizon of a black hole must collapse down to a singularity. So what is the behavior of a gravitational field or force at and around a singularity? With infinite densities and arbitrarily high curvature of space, our classical theories are no good at describing it. We need a quantum theory of gravity to know for sure. In fact, without a quantum theory of gravity, we have no answer that makes any sense to any of these questions. 
In order to explain what happens at short distances in the presence of gravitational sources or masses, we need a quantum, discrete, and hence particle-based theory of gravity. The known quantum forces are mediated by particles known as bosons, or particles with integer spin. The photon mediates the electromagnetic force, the W and Z bosons mediate the weak force, while the gluons mediate the strong force. All of these types of particles have a spin of 1, which for massive, like the W and Z particles, means they can take on spin values of 0, minus 1, or plus 1, while the massless ones, like gluons and photons, can only take on values of plus or minus 1. The Higgs boson is also a boson, although it doesn't mediate any forces. That boson is a little unique. It has a spin of 0. Well, because of what we know about gravitation, that general relativity, unlike the other force-carrying theories which are vector theories, is a tensor theory of gravity, it must be mediated by a massless particle with a spin of 2, meaning it can take on only a spin value of plus 2 or minus 2. This is fantastic. It means we already know a few things about a quantum theory of gravity before we even try to formulate what a successful quantum theory of gravity might be. We know this because whatever the true quantum theory of gravity turns out to be, it must be consistent with general relativity when we're not at very small distances from a massive particle or object. Just as a hundred years ago, we knew that general relativity needed to reduce to Newtonian gravity in the weak field regime, we know that whatever the quantum theory of gravity must be, it has to, in all the approximations where general relativity is valid, reproduce all the successes of that theory. According to almost all physicists and mathematicians, the leading candidate for a quantum theory of gravity is string theory. The way quantum field theory works is that you take a particle and you perform a mathematical sum over histories on it. You can't just calculate where the particle was and where it is and how it got to be there, since there's an inherent fundamental quantum uncertainty to the nature of the universe. Instead, you add up all the possible ways it could have arrived at its present state, appropriately weighted according to the laws of probability, and that that's how, in conventional quantum theory, you calculate the state of a single particle. The interesting way that string theory attempts to bring gravity into the quantum mix is to do something very special with general relativity. Because Einstein's relativity isn't concerned with particles, but rather with the curvature of space-time, you don't average over all possible histories of a particle, but rather over all possible space-time geometries. You'd love to just calculate a free quantum particle in any number of dimensions, but for gravity, to say it's difficult to do that is an understatement. 
The answers you get when you attempt to are nonsense. So instead of calculating how a single particle, which is a zero-dimensional entity, behaves in any number of dimensions, you start saying maybe we could calculate how a string, whether open or closed, and is therefore a one-dimensional entity, behaves. And then, from that, we can look for analogies to a more complete theory of quantum gravity in a more realistic number of dimensions. By choosing the right number of dimensions and the right curvature possibilities, you get part of the way there. But in order to get forces and properties between particle states, you need something else. You need an operator state correspondence. You need some way to put particles into your theory, and you need some way to have forces and interactions between these particles. Moreover, you need those forces and interactions to correspond to what we experience in the real physical world that we can measure. In string theory, there is a real operator state correspondence if you replace particles with one-dimensional strings and you set the number of dimensions to the right number, which in most cases is 10. In string theory, then, a fluctuation in the space-time metric in these dimensions that we have behaves as an operator, and it automatically represents a state in the quantum mechanical description of a string's properties. So you can get a quantum theory of gravity in space-time from string theory. And the other things you get along with it are really nice to have. You also get quantum gravity unified with the other particles and the other forces in space-time. These correspond to the other operators in the field theory of the string. There's also the operator that describes the space-time geometry's fluctuations and the other states of the string. These are the other quantum states, might be excited states, that correspond to additional particles in the universe. The biggest news about string theory, if you take nothing else away, is that it can give you a working quantum theory of gravity. This does not, however, mean that it's a foregone conclusion that string theory is the path to quantum gravity. The great hope of string theory is that these analogies, these operator state analogies, these string to particle analogies, these 10 dimensions to our four dimensional space time analogies hold up at all scales. The great hope is that there will be an unambiguous one to one mapping of the string picture onto the universe that we observe around us. Right now, there are only a few sets of dimension numbers that the string or superstring picture is self-consistent in, and the most promising one doesn't give us a four-dimensional gravity that Einstein gave us, but rather it gives us a ten-dimensional theory of gravity that's different from Einstein's theory. It's called a Brands-Dickey theory because it has an extra scalar field that couples to the tensor theory of Einstein's gravity.
In order to recover the gravity of our universe, you must get rid of six of these dimensions and take that Brands-Dickey coupling constant, omega, to infinity. Although there's a famous word that talks about getting rid of these dimensions, compactification, how this compactification actually happens and how that Brands-Dickey parameter gets set to an arbitrarily high value, how it gets taken to infinity, these are both open challenges for string theory that thus far have no explanation. But string theory does offer a path to a true quantum theory of gravity, and that in and of itself is a really big deal. We know what the answer has to be. We know that the theory of gravity we have to wind up with needs to look like general relativity. We also know that the other particles and interactions need to look like the standard model. If in string theory, when we get this 10-dimensional theory with these extra parameters and these extra fields and these extra strings, if we make the judicious choice of the math needs to work out this specific way, then it could conceivably lead us to the right endgame. It could lead us to a quantum theory of gravity that results in general relativity and it could lead us to a quantum field theory that results in the standard model we have today. It's the only idea to date that gives us this answer, and that's why string theory is so hotly pursued. But there are four major alternatives to string theory that have hope of giving rise to quantum gravity as well that people are working on these days. One of these alternatives is loop quantum gravity, by far the second most popular alternative. There are a lot of people who believe that not only are the particles in our universe discrete entities, but perhaps space and time itself are also discrete, are also quantized at some fundamental level. And loop quantum gravity provides a venue for exploring those ideas. There's asymptotically safe gravity, which a pair of researchers determined if asymptotically safe gravity is correct. In 2011, they made a prediction for the mass of the Higgs boson. The prediction they made, 126 GeV, plus or minus 1. That's exactly what the mass of the Higgs was experimentally determined to be by the Large Hadron Collider. No other theory, no other quantum gravity alternative has actually made a physical prediction that's been borne out. So in one regard at least, asymptotically safe gravity has something going for it. Causal dynamical triangulations is a third alternative, and this is developed by Renata Lowell and has been really uh, not worked on as much, but it's kind of the new kid on the block. And finally, there's emergent or entropic gravity, which is an interesting idea that goes all the way back to Andrei Sakharov 50 years ago, but has recently gotten a resurgence with Eric Verlind, although Verlind's work has some serious problems being compatible with the universe we observe today. 
we're sure that we need a quantum theory of gravity to make the universe work at a fundamental level. But we are not sure what that theory looks like or whether any of these five avenues, most likely string theory but possibly not, are going to prove fruitful or not. But there must be a quantum theory of gravity at some level if we ever hope to explain the universe fully. If we're serious about describing the full suite of phenomena we can imagine, quantum gravity is a given. The key will be to figure out which approach and which details of that approach correctly describe our universe. The Starts with a Bang podcast is made possible through the generous donations of our Patreon supporters. I'd like to thank everyone donating at the $5 a month and above level for making all of this possible. Special thanks to Ryan Schultz, Samir Kumar, Bakhtiar, Chris Shaw, Denier, Robert Hansen, Thomas Sola, Richard Jousey, Igor Mitrofanov, Pedro Texera, Alexander Marius, Denise Arnaud, John Kozura, Nick Tomlinson, Gaijin, DGE, Rafal Wojcik, Bob Wilson, Marcelo Barnaba, Danny, Andrew T. Douglas, Chris Hilly, Weller Tractor Salvage, George Chiesa, Zarko Opachik, James Nance, Bill Murphy, Sidney Atwood, Karen Garrison, Benjamin Turner, Joe Latone, John Seal, Rachel Merritt, Philip Radilovic, Peter Williams, Patrick Dennis, David Taschioni, Kevin Barnes, Glenn McDavid, Jose Enrique, Joe McFarland, Braxton Thomason, Steve Omohundro, Harry Plumley, Frederick Martello, Tomas All, Mark Armstrong, Jason Basanseni, John Mithot, Amira Sosnik, Radek Nesbida, and Nathan Hanna. Thanks everyone for tuning in, and I'll see you next time here for more Starts with a Bang. <laughs> <laughs>